Oh, thank you, Marlissa. Choir, orchestra, take your Bible, go to the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible, chapter 3. Revelation, the apocalypsis, the unveiling that God gives us. And we come to this fourth sermon in this series on This Is Revival and preaching a message I've entitled, The Door of Revival. The Door of Revival. In the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3, there are seven sermons, seven lessons, seven appeals of Jesus to seven different churches. There are seven churches in Asia Minor. There were more than seven churches, but he takes these seven, and I know that it is emblematic of dispensations. There's a lot of different ways to look at this. It's the perfect number, so it's all the churches that he's speaking to. And we come to this last one today that I've looked at, the Laodicean spirit, the Laodicean church, for this message entitled, The Door of revival. You follow along as I read from Revelation 3, beginning in verse 14 and reading through verse 22. You listen because this now is the word of our great God. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says this. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich in white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The church of the living God in our culture, and especially in our nation, is in trouble right now. Barna Research says that during the month of April, today being the last day, that on an average, 1,500 ministers leave the ministry every month. That means beginning tomorrow in May, there'll be another 1,500 leave ministry pastors, ministers of music, educators, and others. 1,500 a month dropping away. Millennials, those that are in their 40s, those that were great numbers in youth groups in our churches a generation ago have made an exit. Boomers, my crowd, Many of them have retired from church. Oh, they drop in when they're not in their RV just every now and again. They're here. 
but just in passing because they're traveling and going and doing things. And the young generation, like the young girl I had wait my table just a few days ago with my wife when I asked her about church, she is a parable of many young families now. And she said, I went to church every Sunday of my life until I turned 15. My parents put me in travel softball, and I have not been back to church since that day. Young families are running to the right and to the left and a thousand other places. Ministers leave. Millennials leave. Boomers leave. Young people... But that's not the problem. The problem in our text is that Jesus left. He's outside the church door, knocking on the door. Isaiah 64 and verse number 7 says that there is no one who calls on your name who arouses himself to take hold of God Therefore, God has hidden his face from us, and he's delivered us under the power of our own sin. God's turned his face. And if you don't want me, go. I, what you sow, you reap. I'll give you to the power of your iniquity. And today he stands many times outside the church looking in. Holman Hunt the 1800s, that great artist drew the picture, painted the portrait of Jesus, the light of the world. You've seen it. This particular one is a picture that comes out of my prayer closet at my home. I have this hanging. When I kneel to pray, I look to my left and I see this picture. It was a gift to me from an Olive Church member. And there is Jesus, the light of the world, holding a lantern. This coming right out of Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking. You notice on that picture that vines are growing down. The church looks desolate. If it were a southern church, we'd say kudzu's already taken over. And Jesus is knocking at the door. I hate it when anybody leaves our church. I'm a shepherd. I don't like to lose anybody. I, lie. I, I am proud enough of myself to think I can win them back. But you can't. I, but I always hate it when people leave us. Now granted, there's some that I hate to lose worse than others. Some folks that are troubled from A to Z. But that's the folks Jesus loves. And while I hate to lose members, oh dear church, if we ever lose the Savior, if we ever see Him leave the church, we can stay active, we can continue to give, we keep singing, keep preaching, but if Jesus is not here, the church has Ichabod death written across the door and Jesus stands at this door that I call the door of revival today
I want you to see three pictures, three visions of Jesus with me this morning for just a moment. Then I want to invite you to come and open the door. Number one, I I want you to see Jesus outside the door. Notice in verse number 20, behold, I stand at the door. I I know this is parabolic. I I know it's metaphoric. Uh, The the church is not a building. It hasn't got a door. You're the church, the people, us. We have a heart's door. We have a mind's door. And he's painting this picture, John is, and Jesus said it. That I'm standing at the door. Jesus outside. Why is he outside? What makes Jesus exit the church? Well, number one, they're lukewarm. He tells us in, in the text. I, I know your deeds. You're not cold or hot. I wish you were cold or hot because you're lukewarm. I spit you out of my mouth. Hmm. Church, it's just safe, middle of the road, won't stand over here for something over there, has no conviction, but just says, let's just play it safe. Just try to please everybody. Friend, the church is not here to please everybody. It's here to please one. His name is Jesus. Be obedient unto the king. But he said, when I find the church lukewarm, not hot, not just safe in the middle. I don't drink much tea anymore. Doctor said I probably shouldn't drink as much. But if I do drink it, I like it hot or I like it cold, but I don't like it lukewarm. Tepid. Burn my tongue or freeze my nose, but don't make me puke when you give me tea. (laughs) Amen. That's why Jesus is about his church. Let them be on fire. Or, or let him be ice cold. But, but oh, what makes him sick is this mushy middle. Lukewarmness puts Jesus outside the church. Arrogance and self-sufficiency puts Jesus out. Notice what, what he said. Because you said in verse 17, I'm rich. I become wealthy. I don't have need of anything. And you don't realize you are really wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Then he says you need to go and buy from me. Gold and white raiment, nice there, there were three great industries in the city of Laodicea. There was a banking industry. There was a black wool industry. And, and there was a medicinal salve coming from the ground that they used on their eyes. And, and here, the Lord picks up on those things and said, Your money won't cut it. What you need is you need the gold that's been refined in the fire that I can give. Hallelujah. It's purified. You need to put on the white raiment, not the black wool. Put on the white raiment of the righteousness of Jesus. And then he said, come to me and I'll put the salve of God's medicine on your eyes and you'll see clearly. I can see you better without my glasses than I can with them. I can see 2020 all over with, without my glasses. But if I look down here at this book, I got to put these on. I, I need that bifocal. I've had a retina terror corrected. I've had cataracts off of both eyes. A Jewish doctor did my surgery. 
He asked me if I would say a little something on the video so when others come in, I'd be a satisfied customer. I did that. That's been years ago. I had a guy just the other day come. He said, did you know that doctor's using you? You're on that video. He said, did he pay you for that? I said, no, I paid him for that. (laughs) They said, just say whatever you want to. And I said, man, I came in here and I'm satisfied. I would say with the man in the Bible, I once was blind, but now I see. Amen. I couldn't see much of anything. But once he got to, I could see. Thank God for medicine. Amen. But let me tell you, there's some things you can't see till Jesus opens your eyes. And he brings heaven's salve on you. And you will be able to see. Jesus is outside the church because of our arrogant self-sufficiency saying we don't need you. We can do church without you. Friend, if we don't have him, we are dead. See Jesus outside the church. Why is he there? Because of the lukewarm members. Because of the, because of the lost members. There are many people that have a form but no fire. There, there are people that are in the membership of Olive but they don't have the ownership by Christ. They're lost. They're just religious. We have people on the roll that have never been redeemed. If you're one of those, come today and be saved. You say, I'd be embarrassed. You'd rather be embarrassed here as up there. Come to the Lord. Come and be saved. I'm frightened when we have people come and we ask them, do you know the Lord? We ask them every time what John does. I do. Make a confession that Jesus is your Lord. Oftentimes, people will come, our college students, say, well, you know, I did something when I was young, but I don't even remember, my Lord. Pray, oh, God, help me never to have people grow through this church that when they come to be saved, that we do not press into their mind and their heart and that, that they know that they've been saved. God's drawn them. But you can be a member of this church, not be a member of heaven. You must be born again. And that's why Jesus is on the outside. You see him on the outside. But secondly, the second vision I want you to see Jesus knocking on the door. See him knocking on the door. Notice he says it right there in verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Verse 19 says, those whom I love, I reprove, I discipline, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Would you just reach up there on the, uh, the pew in front of you? There's a wood rail right there. Would you just knock three times? Do it for me right now. Here we go. Hear him knocking. He's knocking. He knocks, he says in verse 19, because he loves you and he reproves us and he disciplines us and he calls us to repentance. He says it right there in the text. Be zealous and and repent. 
Isaiah 57, verse 15. Oh, my goodness, what a word. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and a holy place. And also, look at this, and also he lives with the contrite and the lowly of spirit in order to revive. There's our word, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Until you are broken, until you are lowly, until you are humbled. You don't know revival. It comes through contrition. He knocks. How do we open the door? Hmm. You will only open the door to Jesus when you have nothing to hide. As long as you're trying to hide sin or hide selfishness, you won't open. Or you may sing the songs, you may pray the prayers, but you won't open your heart. He knocks, and only when you have nothing to hide, only when you are zealous in repentance and Jesus comes in, he said, not that. And you have to say, Lord, I agree. And you fall on your face and say, I, I changed my mind. You call it sin, I call it sin. I will not be lukewarm about it anymore. Thus says the Lord, I will do that. And you have to be ready for union with Jesus in order to open the door. Oh, yeah. You, you ever have it at your house? I do it mine. Every now and then you hear the doorbell ding dong or somebody knock on the door and you go and you look through that little peephole and you look out there and you say, oh Lord. <laughs> you just tell everybody, shh. We don't want to let them in. Shh. Be quiet. What's that crowd get? They just keep knocking. Hmm. We're not ready for union with that. We're not going to open to that. And we chuckle. We've all done it. That crazy neighbor. That pushy salesman. That preacher with a track. That Mormon elder. Let me tell you this morning, church, Jesus is knocking. And until you have nothing to hide, you'll never, and you've got to open all of your life to him. Come on in, Lord. When you come to the place that you're ready to say, whatever he says, I'll do. Then you're ready. That's the door of revival. When you're ready for union with Jesus. You'll open the door. Now, now look back at this picture. Uh, Beck will put it up again. I want you to look at Holman Hunt's old photo. That people have made much of this. You'll notice on the door there's no knob on the outside. The knob is on the inside, according to Holman Hunt. Now, this is not a salvation picture. This is a repentance for the church. Yeah, I'm preaching on grace next Sunday. We'll move that knob to the outside next Sunday. God opens the door. God takes the You won't ever get saved if God doesn't come after you first. For by grace are you saved. And I'll talk to you about that next week. But, but for the Christian, when God comes knocking for repentance, you, he takes the initiative and knocks. 
And then the church has to open the door. Have you opened your life wide open, everything to Jesus? Only then will revival come. You got to open the back rooms, you got to open the closets. You got to open that desk drawer where you're hiding stuff. All to thee. All to thee. I surrender all. See Jesus knocking at the door. But thirdly, see Jesus enter the door. Notice in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and he opens the door, what does Jesus say he do? I will come in. Glory to God. He's, he's coming in. And I'll dine with him. He's going to make himself at home. And he with me. Jesus says, you open the door, I'm coming in. We're going to sit down and, and, and we're going to eat together. Jesus is the guest. But then he reverses the role and he becomes the host. I'll eat with, then you will eat with me. And friend, he's not Lord until he's host at your house. I said he's not Lord until he is the host at your house. Somebody say Amen. I'm telling you, he's the Lord of all. He's not Lord at all. You open the door. He comes in. You sit down today. Who is it that comes? Look back up in verse 14. The angel, to the angel of the church of Laodicea. That word angel is the word angelos. Uh, that's the pastor. Did you know the pastor's an angel? Say amen. Come on, John. I didn't hear you say it. It's Anglos, it's messenger. He said to this messenger, look who's talking. He's the amen. Jesus is the amen. That's the voice of finality. He has the last word. He's the faithful and true witness. That's the voice of reality. And he's the beginning of the creation of God. That's the voice of vitality. He gives life. And he comes in. He comes in. I, I, when I started preaching years ago, Whenever I'd preach, it's almost every Sunday, I'd go home with somebody to eat. I'm not fishing. I'm not asking to come to your house. I'm just saying when we do this now, we usually go out. We don't go to people's homes as much as we used to. But, oh, I remember when I grew up, every few weeks, the pastor came to our house to eat. Now, I can tell you this. When the pastor came to eat, you better sit up straight. You better not make a mess. You better pass the stuff when it's time to pass it. You better not say nothing off color. You better not be stupid. The man of God's in the house. <laughs> hmm. Because he's come to dine with us. My friend, when you open the door, Jesus comes to dine. But now watch this. He goes out of the guest seat into the and he said then you will he'll invite you he's going to invite you to his house bless God you're having church when you get an invite from Jesus to come to his house 
That's the picture. That's the metaphor here. I will come in and I will dine with him. But then you will dine with me. He said he flips it and says, come, come, all you Baptist folk that know me, come, come to my house. We're going to have a meal. We're going to fellowship. Here in just a minute when I quit, we're going to my house. My family's come. We do it most nearly every Sunday, and they come, and the kids come, and the grandkids come. Sometimes friends come. We invite them. They, they, we come, and, and we don't look at the phones. Right? We just talk, and we talk about what happened at the game yesterday, and where we've been, where I've been preaching, and where we're going next week, and what's up, and what's for lunch. and We just talk about stuff. We, it's my favorite meal of the week. I invite people to come by. Friend, Jesus. Don't, don't miss this. You miss may sound sick, but I'm telling Jesus invites you to his table. That's why I put this table down here this morning. I made some of the deacons nervous. I forgot to tell them. <laughs> Brother Steve, some of them thought they'd forgot that we was having the Lord's Supper. <laughs> but we weren't today. I, I just put this here because, you know, when we have the Lord's Supper, the deacons serve the church. Listen to me. When you get right with God and you open the door and He knocks it, and He serves you. Son, I'm telling you, that's revival. When Jesus starts serving you, you come to His table. He invites you to His table. Glory to God, that's when we've had revival, when you finally threw open the door and said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want to do. Go wherever you want me to go. I'll be obedient to your direction, not my direction. You are the amen. You get the final word. You'll have revival. The door will come up when you give Jesus the last word. (laughs) I don't get the last word. Amen. You don't get, my wife doesn't even get it. No, sir. Jesus is the, he gets the last word. But you got to open your door. Some of you won't open it because you know what you're going to have to give up when you open it. My wife took me out to dinner last night. We went to, uh, somebody gave us a card and we went and the soup, something down here. It's a bunch of nuts and fruit, and, and you get it in a bowl. And the kids are waiting on you, and they put it all together. And it's really good. They say it's good for you. And so we had her. But next door to that is the CBD shop and the smokehouse. Hey, they're selling a whole lot more of that than they were of stuff I was eating. And see, for some of you, if you open the door, you're going to have to quit going to the smoke shop. Because if you went and found those guys after a while, they didn't even know they'd been in the smoke shop. They just kind of, ooh. You sure didn't want them driving. And see, if you open the door, he becomes Lord. He tells you where you go or where you don't go. And where he takes you is best for you every time. He loves you more than you love yourself. So we invite you to the table. So here's the invitation today. Come 
to the table. If you're here today and ought to join Olive Baptist Church, come to the table. Just get up and come on right now. Right now. Come on. If you're here today and you're, you're lost without Christ, you want to be saved, just get up and come right now. Just come stand here. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just come here to the table. If you're here and just been a member 100 years and you say, I just want to come today in fresh commitment, then just come. Who, who needs to come? Anybody? Come in. Come now. Anybody? Say, preach, that's a weird invitation. I know, but I'm giving it. And the Lord says, come. You say, well, I'd be embarrassed. No, no, you won't be embarrassed because everybody in here is for you. That's right. They're for you. Amen. So you're here and you, you need to come to the Lord. He's inviting you to the table. Anybody need to come to the table today? Anybody need to come? Just, just get up and walk right down here. We're going to all stand and sing in a minute. But if you need to come, just come. Stand right here with the pastor. That's it. Anybody else? You just need to come. Just come stand here with me. Had people come in the early service, join the church. Anybody else need to come? Thank you, sir. God love y'all. Just come stand right here with me. Anybody else need to come out of that balcony and take you a moment? Bless you, young man. Amen. Bless you, ma'am. That's it. You come. Anybody else just need to come? Come to the table today. Amen. That's it. Y'all come. Others come. Anybody else? Come to the Lord's table. He invites you. He says, come dine with me. Say, preach, that's not really his time. Well, it, but it's symbolic, just like the text. God bless y'all today. Welcome. Good to see you today. Amen. Y'all come. Anybody else? You need to come? Just come. That's it. God love you, son. You come. Anybody else? Just come. John, won't you start playing softly? If you need to come, just come. <laughs> <laughs>